0: From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system
2: sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.
3: When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact,
4: hey there everybody it is wednesday august 24 2022 welcome to the nfl fantasy football show where we're going to get plenty of snaps coming up this weekend it's me your man mg marcus grant joined by michael f florio we've got the specialists it's a cast of dozens that helps us put this show on yeah give it give yourself some love absolutely uh we got a lot going on, man. Um, it is, I know we still have one more week, which is sort of odd. We kind of have that, I guess, bye week before the record season starts? I don't know. It's like a rest-up
5: week for us, I like to think. Right, right.
4: <laughs> which I think, honestly, is the time to do drafts. I know people are doing drafts. You and I were in a draft together last night. But I feel like that, that empty week now, it should be officially, like, National Fantasy Football Draft Week.
5: Yeah, I, my home league always does it on Labor Day weekend. But now that there's no football there, it just feels like, yeah, like, you could just dedicate a whole, like, day a couple hours get your yeah. friends together get some drinks have a good time
4: yeah because right now like you know all of us degenerates and nerds we're like doing drafts it's so, like <laughs> last night I'm doing a draft like I'm on my phone I'm also like making dinner for my kid and like trying to wrangle him at the same time so like that's gonna be my excuse when some of my picks go sideways I'm <laughs> like I was distracted uh, it didn't matter. Um, anyway, if you want to get a league going, we certainly welcome that. You can sign up at NFL Fantasy. Just go to NFL.com fantasy or you can download the NFL Fantasy app. It is fun and it is more importantly, it is absolutely free. Free 99. It is the absolute best price uh, for you to start a fantasy league. We got plenty to talk about today. We're going to start getting into player rankings. If you want to check out Florio's rankings, you can go to nfl.com. Go to fantasy.nfl.com. I'm looking at that camera right there. That doesn't <laughs> apply to you people on the audio. Whatever. Anyway, um, your rankings are up, so we're going to start breaking these down over the next couple of weeks. We're going to look at the quarterback rankings today. We're also going to continue our division previews with the NFC South. So let's just dive right into that. And of course, if you've been listening, you know how we do this. We go by order of last year's finish which means we start with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They were 13 and four in 2021. Their passing leader, no surprise, Tom Brady. Uh, Who may or may not be on the Masked Singer We we still wait to find that out
5: I caught what you did on Fantasy Live
4: I thought it was
5: very well done Yeah,
4: yeah. Check out Fantasy Live I might have slipped in a uh, a very uh, (laughs) subtle Masked Singer reference When talking about Tom Brady during the show Uh, But anyway, just over 5,300 yards last season 43 touchdowns, 12 interceptions He was the QB3 Leonard Fournette, your rushing leader in Tampa 812 yards, 8 rushing touchdowns He was the RB6 Of course, he had some uh, receiving yards to go along with that And then Chris Godwin, your receiving 96 catches uh, 1100 yards and five receiving touchdowns the wide receiver 15. I want to start with Chris Godwin because he had the injury at the end of last season is still sort of working his way back now the reports have been relatively positive but we don't know whether or not he's going to be full go 100% once week one
5: starts so how are you approaching Chris Godwin in drafts this might come back to haunt me, but <laughs> I really haven't been targeting Chris Godwin in a lot of my drafts. Uh, and, and I don't think the price is, is egregious or anything like that, but like you said, late season ACL tear, and, and I've seen people tweet out and stuff in post that like he meets the criteria to be one of these outliers who comes back and, and is like himself right away, but I don't like using like a starting spot trying to guess on like an outlier and, and hoping that Chris Godwin is uh, himself I think if you draft him and you're patient, he could be a huge boost for your team in the second half and in the fantasy playoffs, but early on... I I would feel very uh, cautious about using him. Let me correct myself. I said
4: 96 catches, 98 catches last year. But I'm with you. I've drafted him in the spots I've drafted him. It has been more as kind of a third wide receiver where I know I've got two guys that I can count on week to week going into the start of the season and waiting to see whether or not he's going to build up. Now, I think when he's right, I think he is the primary target in this offense. He is the guy that Brady loves going to. I mean, it's it's no secret that Tom Brady loves his slot guys. There's a reason we kept banging away on Wes Welker and Julian Edelman and all these guys for years. Chris Godwin is a better version of all those players, but I'm with you. I don't know that I can make him one of my top two primary receivers if I don't know that he's 100%. The upside is, though, if you get Chris Godwin as your third receiver, once he's healthy, chances are you've got a pretty deadly receiving group on your squad at that point
5: yeah he's someone that like you said i i would i would pick and choose like i wouldn't go into all my drafts and being like i want chris godwin on every single one of my teams because i think a lot could go wrong but if you get him on like a team or two and like you said you're in a good spot with your other receivers that is the exact scenario that you want chris godwin so next question
4: have you bought into Rashad White, aka this is a Leonard Fournette question. <laughs>
5: uh No, because I'm in on Leonard Fournette. <laughs> I, I'm fine with taking Rashad White if you could get him as like a, a double-digit round sleeper, or something like that. But I, I'm bullish on Le- league winner Lenny. I keep calling him. And <laughs> and a friend of mine who I'm co-managing a team with, we were talking about players we could target in drafts. And I'm like, Leonard Fournette is an RB one that you could get in round two. It's a great value. And he's like, Yeah, but their O line is banged up. And I'm like, you see a banged up O-line, that means maybe he won't run as much. I see... Tom Brady's going to get more pressure, which means Tom Brady's going to dump the ball off to Leonard Fournette a whole bunch. So uh, if Rashad White steals that role, that pass-catching role, he could be amazing. But I-, I think we do this every year where we hype up whoever Leonard Fournette's backup is, and then the correct answer ends up being Leonard Fournette.
4: Exactly. See, that's the thing is that every <laughs> year it's the same thing. Everybody hates on Leonard Fournette, right? Like the dude enjoys his offseason, maybe has a couple extra chicken tenders or something like that. He comes in a little bit overweight. It's a big story for a couple of weeks. And then by the time we get to week one, One, he's back in shape again. He catches the football. He runs the football. I do think that note about the offensive line, a little bit of something to worry about. They are certainly banged up along the front. Um, But maybe that works in Fournette's favor in the sense of, as you mentioned, one, his ability to catch the football and getting a lot of these cheap dump-offs. But the other part of it is, of the guys in the backfield he's the one they trust the most in pass protection yeah that's important look Tom Brady is three months younger than me I don't (laughs) want blitzing linebackers in my face I want somebody who can protect me um now mind you I've had a strawberry and I don't you know eat TB12 shakes or any of that sort of thing so I'm probably not not in the same (laughs) level of shape as he is but But the fact that Leonard Fournette is a guy they trust in pass protection means he can be on the field in third downs. It means he's available for some of those short throws to be sort of that third down back. I also don't love the fact that we keep hearing Keyshawn Vaughn's name pop up, not as any real threat to Fournette, but mostly, he's a guy who's competing with White for a lot of those snaps. So um, Gio Bernard is still there too. Gio Bernard is still there too. He, right? We know he could pass block. So he could pass block. He <laughs> can catch the football too. Yep. So it just feels like Fournette's the only guy with a real clear path toward opportunity. Everybody after that is just sort of battling for whatever's left. So um, I guess that's a long roundabout way of me, you know, pumping up Leonard Fournette.
5: Leonard Fournette, round two. I mean, take a wide receiver in round one, Leonard Fournette round two, you're you're good to go. Lock it in. Absolutely. (laughs) Uh, All right, so that gets us to our normal question here. The first
6: buck
4: you're drafting, uh, the sleeper, and the player to avoid in this offense.
5: First buck is league winner Lenny, uh, middle of the second round or something like that. I I will gladly take him. He is uh, probably the running back in the second round that I have the most shares of uh, in my draft so far. Sleeper, Julio Jones. And I know it's (laughs) wild to call Julio Jones a sleeper because he's been— arguably the best wide receiver of his generation, uh, but at this point in time, a lot of people seem to think that Julio Jones is washed, and and I see why. He did not look well uh, in Tennessee last year, but I'm willing to go back to the well uh, again because you look at what he did two years ago, his metrics were basically on par with what he had been in the last couple of years before that, which was still a borderline wide receiver one. I don't think he's a wide receiver one anymore, but now you get him as a reserve option, and There's been some chatter that he's not actually going to play wide receiver, that he could be the new Gronk in this offense and beat people up the seams and in the end zone. So I'm I'm pretty bullish on Julio Jones because of the price. Player to avoid, this one's tough for me. It's someone that I thought I was going to be very high on this year in Mike Evans, but now they brought in Julio. They brought in Russell Gage. They have... Chris Godwin potentially back sooner than I was expecting. So Mike Evans is still going as that premium when I thought he was going to be like the alpha target with no really mu- no much competition there. But his ADP has not dropped at all. So I I went from you know targeting him to kind of just letting other people take him.
4: Yeah, I I will say that my my first player off the board, no surprise, that's going to be Leonard Fournette there. I-, I still sort of like Russell Gage as a sleeper option. Um, I- I'm not as bullish on him as I was earlier in the offseason because it looks like godwin's getting healthier and may be there but at least until i know that he's 100 i think gage is going to get opportunity i think there's something into it when tom brady calls you personally and says hey man we want you to come on over i think that sort of means something so uh, i still sort of believe that russell gage at least early in the season has an opportunity to make an impact in that offense although i do like the julio jones call because he's definitely on my radar but because of that I think a guy to avoid is is Cam Braid, or you know, pick your yeah. pick your bucks tight end at this point, right? Um because Julio is likely going to be sort of that new gronk. Uh, I think that means that there's less opportunity for any of those other you know, actual tight ends on the roster. Not to mention the fact that Julio Jones wearing number 85 looks enormous. Looks <laughs> I, do- I don't like it though. I don't like it, no. I'm like, go back to 11. But I'm just, it reminds me that 11 apparently is a lot more slimming than I thought it was. <laughs> because he looks like an absolute monster wearing 85. Uh, by the way, when, when this group is healthy, I mean, Mike Evans... Chris Godwin, Julio
5: Jones, Russell Cage. That is a scary group of pass catchers, man. And we might not have seen the last of Gronk because we know Tom Brady is going to get on that phone. He even said he was like, I might be on the phone with him in the fall and calling him up. And there's no better recruiter in NFL history than tom brady like if tom brady wants you he gets
4: you dude like what a couple years ago he blew the conch shell and then like gronk came running and everything (laughs) like you know this time he'll call him he'll jump off like a bud light party boat or something like that (laughs) and uh he'll show up and it'll be all good again so next up is the new orleans saints they were nine and eight in 2021 missed out on the playoffs in a season that was just filled with injuries and uh, all sorts of weirdness going on there but uh, your passing leader last year Jameis winston Let's put a big asterisk next to this one, right? He had 1,170 yards. Of course, he missed about half the season with a knee injury. 14 touchdowns, three interceptions. He was your QB 33. Of course, they had to use a number of different guys at that spot last year. Your rushing leader, Alvin Kamara, 898 yards on the ground, four rushing touchdowns, RB8, because, of course, we know Alvin Kamara is going to catch the football. Your receiving leader, yardage-wise, Marquez Callaway, 46 catches, 698 yards, six receiving touchdowns. That made him the wide receiver, 43. Your team leader in receptions, the aforementioned Alvin Kamara, 47 catches, 439 yards, five receiving touchdowns. It feels like when we've talked about running backs this year, we haven't talked a lot about Alvin Kamara. Um, in the past, I, I get it. We didn't talk about him because you're like, whatever, Alvin Kamara, he's the top five running back. No doubt about it. Just book it and we just all move on. This year's been different because he's coming off the board as a fringe RB1. I mean, you look at him, he's getting drafted as maybe the 10th, 11th, 12th running back off the board. There are a lot of questions about the Saints offense. I mean, as I was as I was putting this rundown together, I'm like, we could do a whole show on the Saints <laughs> offense because there's so much unknown about it. So is Alvin Kamara still a surefire, set it and forget it RB1 this year?
5: I think he's like a surefire set it and forget it in your fantasy lineup. But RB1, I think being fringe is appropriate value for Alvin Kamara because last year was the first year without Drew Brees. And I know people like to say, well, he had more targets and receptions with Jameis Winston. And that is true. But he was 81 or more every single year with Drew Brees. First year without Drew Brees, 47, which I was shocked to realize led the Saints. Like that is an (laughs) insanely (laughs) low number. Um. I still think he's good for 50 to 60 catches, something like that, but he's not going to give you the 80-plus, I don't I don't think, that he always did with Drew Brees. And then you add in that, to me, I think he belongs in the, the same grouping as like a DeAndre Swift and the running backs that he's kind of going around who all have the upside to be a top-five running back but also could finish like 10 through 12 or something like that at the position. You talk about the target share that Kamara had
4: and the fact that he only had 47 catches. And even though he was highly targeted by Jameis Winston – I think it's also important to note that he was heavily targeted by Jameis Winston in an offense that didn't have Michael Thomas. Yep. Uh, I, I mean, I remember this time last year, we were trying to talk ourselves into the Marquess Calloways, the Traquan Smiths. We were trying to convince ourselves that these guys had sort of late round value. They might not see the field this year. They may not see the field this year, right? Thomas is back. Uh, Chris Olave is there. There are, you know, they brought in Jarvis Landry,
5: who, look, I know he's not necessarily a fantasy darling, but he's a good real-life football player. I, I think he's a big threat to Alvin Kamara because they never had a receiver who can be, like, that short-yardage route runner like Alvin Kamara has been for them. So, I mean, I'm just curious as to what the
4: target share is. Will it sort of be the same? Um, I guess the upside is we don't have Taysom Hill to take any of those <laughs> those goal-line carries away from him anymore, so maybe the touchdown upside... Uh, is there a little bit but I don't know that the receiving upside for Kamara is going to be this year what it has been in the past it's time for who's gonna eat presented by Uber Eats managing a fantasy team and hitting refresh on your scores works up an appetite so order with Uber Eats today so after not having him in our football lives for a couple of years we are expecting to see Michael Thomas back in action this season what are your expectations for hashtag can't guard Mike
5: yeah i'm I'm exactly like you I, I i think his range of outcomes is so vast. like could he be a top twelve wide receiver if he stays healthy? I think so. or could he you know, just kind of get hurt, miss a bunch of time and fall flat on his face? i think so. so because of that, i have him ranked right now as my wide receiver twenty four um and, and I will fully admit he can easily outlive that that draft ranking and be like i said a top twelve wide receiver but Just the unknown, he hasn't played in two years. There's injury. And there's also more target competition for him than ever before. Because previous teams, it was like he was their whole wide receiver room. Now the the Olave, Landry, Camara. So I I think the upside is there. Definitely an upside shot worth taking. But I'm not drafting him anywhere close to how we were a year or two ago.
4: From 2017 to 2019, he had a minimum 24% target share. That insane 2019 season he had, he had a 30% target share. That's not going to happen this year. Um, I don't think so. It's not. And and look, they're moving him presumably to the outside now, right? With Jarvis Landry there, you're not going to you're not going to have Michael Thomas still living in the slot. At least I don't believe that's going to be the case. And, and this isn't to say he can't win on the outside, but it is different. There are more places for Jameis Winston to go with the football. The other part of this is we haven't seen Jameis Winston and Michael Thomas together, so we're not really sure what that's going to look like. I can tell you that I've, I've only drafted him in a couple of spots. And, and it's sort of, in some ways, it's like Chris Godwin, right? Where I'm taking him kind of as a third or fourth wide receiver. I just, whereas I have faith in Godwin to get healthy and have a rapport with his quarterback and get those opportunities. Everything about Thomas is such an unknown to me. Um, and, and I know I've, I've seen his ADP rising. I've seen him now kind of bump it up to the fifth round in some situations.
5: That feels a little scary to me. And I'm as you said the chris godwin thing that was what was like going through my head i'm like he's kind of similar to chris godwin in the sense of like the upside is very high but the the floor is just like there's a lot of unknown with this guy and i know maybe it sounds like a cop-out answer but like if anyone is telling you they definitively know what michael thomas is going to do this year they're lying that person is lying to you yeah (laughs) that person is lying to you because we just we
4: just don't know that's that's why for me it's been really hard to peg the saints offense as a whole there's so much unknown. I mean, I know, you know Pete Carmichael still there as the offensive coordinator, but there's a new head coach. You know, hopefully we get a full season of Jameis Winston. There are new pieces in this offense. There's just so much about this. That Taysom we, Hill's playing tight end. Taysom Hill's playing tight end right now. <laughs> so there's just so much we just don't know. Uh, that it's it's really made it hard. And I know lately I've seen a lot of people sort of planting the flag for for Michael Thomas and. Look, I I wish you well man I hope it works out I really do (laughs) I wish no I have no ill will toward Michael Thomas I just don't know so for the most part uh I have kind of stayed away so that was who's gonna eat presented by Uber Eats the official on-demand food delivery partner of the NFL even if you make the wrong fantasy lineup call make the right call on delivery order with Uber Eats today all right, so that gets us to our, our typical question here. First player drafted, your sleeper, and uh, your player to avoid.
5: Uh, first player drafted is still Alvin Kamara, yep. despite you know the fact that I said I don't value him as highly as I used to last year. I still think he's a great second-round pick, much like Leonard Fournette, uh, even more of a reason to take a wide receiver in round one, grab the running back in round two. Sleeper? Chris Olave, to me, I think is a really good sleeper. I, I know he got overlooked a little bit in the draft because of Garrett Wilson, and and he was one of the big like five wide receivers, but uh, then he fell to the Saints and everyone was like not a great landing spot, but I think he can be one of those receivers that even if he doesn't have all the volume, I think his efficiency could make up for it there. Player to avoid, I'd want nothing to do with Jarvis Landry. We're, we're talking about an aging receiver who is going to be running a lot of short routes i don't think he's going to get anywhere close to the volume that he had in miami or cleveland so to me i think jarvis landry is more of a name than an actual fantasy asset
4: yeah um i think jarvis landry is a good he's a good real life football player he yeah. can do some good things for the saints but not necessarily for my fantasy team kamara yeah. is easily uh, the first guy off the board he's he's still going as an early second round pick so he's going to be the first saint uh, that you're taking there I'm going to go sort of deep sleeper, and maybe this is sort of wish casting, but Mark Ingram is still hanging around there. That is true. He's still hanging around there in New Orleans, and yes, he's not the player he was a few years ago, but still can be an effective running back. We saw it
5: last year in the little bit that he played for the Saints. Right.
4: I mean, even when he left Houston, he still was their leading rusher for a really (laughs) long time after he left, although I— that probably has more to do with the Texans. Than it had to do with Mark Ingram, but he's still there—a uh, guy potentially with some some touchdown upside. I'm gonna, you know, look. If you're drafting him, you're, you know, he's last last pick of the draft, sort of thing. Maybe he's a waiver wire pickup. But if something happens to Alvin Kamara, then he stands yeah. to really gain in that offense. Uh, player to avoid—I'm I'm, kind of with you. I mean, you can make it Jarvis Landry. You can, I guess, just for the sake of of you know. Telling fantasy Twitter like let's let's stop with the Taysom Hill thing, right? <laughs> He's a tight end He's officially
5: a tight end now we can stop the the only place where it's appropriate to draft taysom hill is in like the 18th round of a best ball draft just in case he gets quarterback <laughs> snaps this year or something like that besides that he should not be on I your just, fantasy you know, roster. I, I hesitate to bring
4: this up but those those years man where we just used to have to battle about position eligibility for taysom
5: hill if, like, if something happens to Jameis winston and they go to taysom hill it's gonna happen all over again because he's now a tight end everywhere right but they have Andy Dalton, so oh yeah, I forgot. About they have Andy him.
4: Dalton, so we, we at least we at least have a buffer before we get to this <laughs> Taysom Hill argument. Uh, you know, the Red Rifle can come in and at least save us from our temporary misery with uh, with Taysom Hill there. All right, Florio, we're gonna talk about your top ten QB rankings for the season. Fire
5: away. Yeah, number one is uh, is this man right here, Josh Allen, who is just the absolute best. That's all there is to it. Uh, I mean, he's the best. There's no quarterback that have the same combination of running and throwing as, as this man right here. Um, Number two is Justin Herbert, who I actually believe is the closest thing existing to Josh Allen. Uh, I think they just need to let him run more and he could be pretty much what Allen is for fantasy purposes. This is when it gets a little spicy. Okay. And number three, I have Lamar Jackson because I still believe his upside is sky high due to the rushing ability. And he's been passing better in the last couple of years at number four. Jalen Hurts, who last year was a guaranteed 20 points every week and now gets A.J. Brown in there, who could take like a a quick little pass and take it 80 yards. Number five, Kyler Murray, who again has been a top five quarterback each of the last couple of years and now has Marquise Brown, who I believe is the best field stretcher uh, receiver that Kyler's ever had. Number six is Patrick Mahomes, which I know a lot of people are going to be angry about, but my (laughs) logic with that is... He doesn't run like the five guys I have ahead of him. And in the regular season, he really doesn't run much at all. He saves it for the playoffs. So he could be great, but no Tyreek Hill, no running ability. At seven, I have Joe Burrow because he's awesome. The O-line has gotten even better, and you can make an argument that the weapons around him is the best in the NFL, I think. Uh, Number eight, your boy Marcus, Trey Lance, Mm -hmm. Because rushing ability, we keep talking about it. Quarterback is so deep that you might as well get someone that I think has top five upside. Trey Lance brings that because of his legs. Number nine, the GOAT, because he's the GOAT, Tom Brady. And he has a bunch of weapons around him as well. But I did knock him a little bit because of the offensive line issues. And at number 10, Russell Wilson, who him and Brady, I keep flipping back and forth. But Russell Wilson, we know, is still a highly efficient quarterback who... Uh, Has a great team around him now. The only concern I have with Russ is, is he going to run less than he has?
4: That's sort of been a knock on Russ. And that's, I think, the reason you've seen him fall down draft boards. But I want to circle back around to a a couple of guys on this list here. Number four, Jalen Hurts. The the fantasy community has sort of gone nuts for Jalen Hurts, right? I mean, understandably, like you mentioned, last year he was he was a lock for twenty points a game, it felt like. And I know you've pointed out multiple times. There were games where he'd enter the fourth quarter with like nine points and he'd figure (laughs) out how to get I truly
5: think there was one game last year where late in the third he had less than one point and he scored (laughs) twenty.
4: And he still got to twenty. I mean, that's kind of what it is. You, if I'm if I'm not mistaken, you have said you could see a scenario where he ends up as the QB1 this year, huh?
5: Yeah, I, I definitely think so because the Eagles didn't bring any running backs or anything like that. So I, I still think Jalen Hurts is their goal line runner. My concern with Josh Allen this year is, is he going to run less? So if, if Hurts could come anywhere close to his rushing numbers from last year, plus the, the added passing numbers, because I think he's just going to improve, plus the cast around him is so improved... That I definitely think there's an easy path for him to be the best quarterback. So then we get to uh, the
4: Patrick Mahomes at number six, and I I, I know you were aware that you're probably going to get a lot of hate from uh, Kimmy and and all of Kimmy checks from <laughs> the state of Missouri as a whole. Uh, but there he is at number six. He's mentioned no Tyreek, uh, less running. Um, is he potentially a draft value? I know it seems weird to say about a Patrick Mahomes, but could he end up maybe as a draft value? At some point,
5: if more people thought thought like I do, I Mm -hmm. think he could. But he still usually goes in the top three. And I understand why he's Patrick Mahomes. But I still believe that of non-quarterbacks, Tyreek Hill is the most influential player in football. And he just opened up so much. I I think Mahomes will be fine in the sense of like top five is still in play. But I I think of all the five quarterbacks I have ahead of him, their path to being the best quarterback in fantasy is easier than Mahomes's.
4: Yeah, it's weird. Patrick Mahomes is one of those guys who, you're right, he doesn't run the same way a Lamar, a Hertz, an Allen runs. He runs just enough, right? He's one of those guys who runs just enough to keep the defense honest and just enough for you to get you know, a few of those extra kind of cheat code points in fantasy football. We will see what losing Tyreek Hill means to this offense. But, man, I'll tell you what, playing in that AFC West, they're going to have to score a lot of points. That is true. Every single (laughs) week, so that's that's definitely going to help. Trey Lance, this was a guy that coming into this draft season, I was really hoping I could draft Trey Lance the way I drafted Jalen Hurts last year, which was, I'm going to get myself a good, solid kind of mid-round quarterback, then I'll go back and I'll get Trey Lance later as sort of an insurance policy. I feel like that went out the window really, (laughs) really, really quickly. Um Maybe because I pay a lot more attention to 49ers reports, I feel like the reports about Trey Lance are so uneven. Like, one day, he looks amazing and everything's clicking. The next day, he throws three picks. Any of that concern you? Uh,
5: A little bit, but part of my process is, like, I don't believe what anything Kyle Shanahan says (laughs) because he has shown (laughs) us over the years that he is just a pathological liar. (laughs) My thing with Trey Lance is... Jimmy G, every year, if he wasn't one, he was top three in yards, passing yards that come after the catch, meaning he would throw very short to Debo Samuel or George Kittle and or the running back, and they would just run with it after, and, and he gets all the fantasy points for that. I think Trey Lance will be able to do that. I don't think they'll ask a whole lot of him. But then you add in the fact that he is like a Jalen Hurts when it comes to running the football. Plus, he has an absolute cannon of an arm, so we could see more deep throws in this offense than we ever have before. I think the upside is top five, and I don't – I'm not going to say he's going to be the best quarterback in fantasy, but there's a non-zero chance that he's the best fantasy,
6: quarterback <laughs> in fantasy this year.
5: Um, Yeah, that's amazing. It's funny, too, because I was
4: so happy to be able to get Trey Lance at some point in, like, the ninth round, the tenth
5: round. I feel like that's done. It's been done for a while. I feel like I, – I, like, a lot of my drafts so far have been with other people who do this every day like we do. Right. I feel like when, like, we do our home league drafts or something like that, like he might go a little, like he, he probably, I wouldn't be surprised if he goes behind like Brady or Wilson or anything like that. I want to say that, but my home league involves a bunch of forty. ers oh, yeah. fans. You so no there's chance. no chance. That he's gonna, <laughs> there's
4: zero chance. He's going to go late. It, it's uh, day like
5: 254 league. since, uh... uh,
4: yeah, something like that. In fact, we've given up the count. Uh, we've given up the count <laughs> on days since Jimmy Garoppolo threw a, a heartbreaking interception in the NFC championship game. Um, <laughs> now, now my text chain is just hoping that he gets traded somewhere. They don't even really care where. <laughs> That's all Um, uh, so we asked for a sleeper quarterback, and when I saw this, it absolutely warmed my heart. I, I love that you, you picked Tua Tungavailoa as your sleeper quarterback. I love this.
5: He is my the quarterback that I want on most of my teams this year because like I, I love where he goes. I, I think he brings a lot of upside, but you get him purely as a second quarterback because he goes after— Rogers, car after these 10, plus Rogers, Carr, Cousins, I, like you could get them at like QB 13 through like mm-hmm. 16, no problem. And my thing with Tua keeps being like, everyone has Tyreek Hill as a top 10 wide receiver. Everyone, except for me, I, I think most people have Jalen Waddle as a top 20 receiver. So why are we not high on Tua Tungavailoa, who I view it as to get those receivers, you got to use an early round pick, you take on a lot of risk. To get Tua, he's purely a reserve guy that you're getting in the double digit rounds, and you get. Tyreek and Waddle and everyone else's production baked into his and I keep saying it on Twitter, but man every day it comes out that he's throwing a, a nice deep ball to Tyreek Hill and I'm like this guy was a good deep ball thrower, it's just they haven't asked him to do it much and you I know quoted all the time like he was good at that in college. He was I keep saying our introduction to Tua Tagovailoa
4: was him coming in for Jalen Hurts actually yeah. at Alabama <laughs> and winning a national championship by throwing a deep ball to DeVonte Smith. Look at me just throwing out all these like fantasy like hipster darling guys now, right? <laughs> I mean it's like Jalen Hurts and Tua Tagovailoa which, I guess, shout out to Nick Saban for making our fantasy lives better. Um, but that's how we were introduced to Tua, was him throwing a deep ball. Um, you know, it, his first year was coming off of a major hip injury. It's 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 them building around him. They've given him pieces. So I, I'm with you 100% on this. I feel like Tua is, is ready for, for good things this year. I think you can draft him as sort of a nice streaming option, a fringe QB1. Um, and if he really does hit the way we think he can hit, um, by the way, this also fits in, though, with your Tyreek Hill narrative, too, about him being one of the most important non-quarterback pieces. If he is going to – if you believe he's going to take away from Patrick Mahomes, then by by transference, he should add something to Tua tonga so. I,
5: I I saw it firsthand. Sorry, Parker. You want to cover your ears here. Tyreek Hill literally <laughs> took like a 10-yard slant route and took it the distance, and no one on the defense could catch up to him. That's what he can do for Tua. Plus, he can – open up stuff near so like if you're worried about 20 30 yards downfield well then all right chase edmonds is wide open right here for a little catch and run or maybe Tua starts running again like he did in college maybe he starts running again
4: who knows that would be great uh so if we're looking at sleepers we got to look at for a quarterback to avoid um i would say this is spicy but i feel like a lot of folks in fantasy sort of have this take Aaron Rodgers, a guy that maybe to stay away from right now.
5: It's pretty wild that Aaron, where I have Aaron Rodgers ranked is higher than his number, which I don't know if that's been <laughs> the case in fantasy in a very long time. I, I believe he's my QB 13. This guy is awesome. And, and we all know that, but he doesn't run at all. Uh, and, and the last couple of years, he's relied on like Uber efficiency, like his touchdown percentage, the last two years mirrors his career best. Like two years ago was his career best. And then this year was tied for his third best. So, I, I think with Devontae Adams gone and a, a receiving room of a bunch of who's—who of—is uh, this guy even good? Right. Like, I, I think his efficiency is going to come down. I think we're going to see Green Bay run the ball a lot more than they have in recent years. So I, I just don't think he's going to have the volume to come anywhere close to what he's done the last two. I think I think that's sort
4: of it. I also wonder about, you know, his—like, the average depth of target, the air yards yeah. this year— when he's saying things like Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon are going to catch a lot of passes, that's great for those individual players. That's great for Aaron Rodgers probably from a completion percentage standpoint. Those don't necessarily make me think there's a lot of downfield throws coming. Maybe they use a guy like Romeo Dobbs to stretch the field. Maybe they use Alan Lazard to stretch the field. But this feels like there'd be a lot of really efficient throws coming from Rodgers. uh, And you really are leaning on him to get you Close to 5,000 passing yards. You're gonna need that that really ridiculous touchdown to interception ratio. You know those those 40 to five type ratios. <laughs> um, I mean, if there's anybody who could do it, Aaron Rodgers is the guy that can do it. That seems like a tough way to live. on a Yeah, and, basis. and
5: I mean. Kudos to him. He found himself this offseason. He seems to be in a much better place. It just won't be on my fantasy team.
4: Oh, man. You know, traipsing through the jungles of South America or whatever <laughs> it was that he was doing to, uh, to go on his spirit quest. We'll see what that means for fair Aaron Rodgers uh, when it comes to fantasy. We will stop for a moment, and we will catch our breath, and we'll get back into our look at the NFC South with the Atlanta Falcons coming up next. So stay tuned for more of the NFL Fantasy Football
0: Show. You go into your shower feeling tired.
7: Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.
0: What's up? I'm John Wall. And
6: I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA six Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game, King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think you could have took it all?
0: I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all.
7: Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two-Door
6: Cinema Club.
0: What's up? I'm John Wall.
6: And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA six Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game, King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think you could have took it all?
0: I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all. But i think i would have shocked a lot of people i think kobe and everybody in their prime kobe would win a one-on-one
6: yeah I, yeah
0: because you gotta think Love he's it. gonna guard he don't care about guarding he's gonna guard. he's going to exactly. guard like you see him in the exactly. olympics he's going to guard and then on I'm top of it. Like that, see that?
6: ladies and gentlemen please welcome sam cassel point game i remember you came out from crying, <laughs> crying tears i mean he was in a culture shock and then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning
0: you know what i told you.
4: the Atlanta Falcons are next up in our deep dive into the NFC South. The Falcons last year seven and ten. Their passing leader was Matt Ryan, 3,968 yards, 20 touchdowns, 12 interceptions. He was the QB 20. Now he collects his mail in Indianapolis. The rushing leader, Cordero Patterson, one of the big surprises of the fantasy season. 618 yards on the ground, six rushing touchdowns. RB9, because he also caught the football quite a bit for the Falcons. Your receiving leader, Kyle Pitts, 68 catches. 1,026 yards, just the one receiving touchdown, but uh, still I think uh, was uh, an excellent rookie season for him. He finishes as the tight end six. We know Cordell Patter- or, uh, that Kyle Pitts is going to be excellent this year. We're drafting him as such. I know you have built your whole motto around <laughs> Kyle Pitts in the third round, no matter what, uh, channeling your inner Sonny Weaver Jr. for that. Um, but Cordero Patterson, last year, as I mentioned, he was a top 10 running back. And yes, I know he faded down the stretch. We have seen his ADP really plummet this year. Like, no one's talking about CP. Uh, He's being drafted as sort of a – well, depending on where you look, I've seen him some places as a running back. I've seen him some places as a wide (laughs) receiver. Either way, he is well down the list of guys to be drafted in a situation where I don't know if there's a ton of competition. I mean, I know Tyler Algier is there, but he's still the lead guy. What is your expectation for Cordero Patterson this year?
5: I think he'll be the best – running back here for fantasy purposes, but I haven't really been targeting him because of two things. One, I just think last year was an outlier season for him and it's going to be tough to to reproduce that, especially since we saw him fading down the stretch when they tried to use him more as a traditional running back. I think the best role for him is that Swiss army knife. Like he was in, in the first half of the season, but also Matt Ryan was a quarterback who every year it's him or Tom Brady throws the most passes to a running back. I don't think Marcus Mariota is going to be that style of quarterback. So while I think Patterson is a is a good value, I, I just I find myself liking other guys who go in that area more. I think that's that's where I've fallen on it because
4: I don't I don't think I've drafted Cordero Patterson at all uh, this draft season because when it's to the spot on the board where I'd be comfortable taking him, there are always other players that, that I like more this year. Um, I will say I know he is he's been the king of finessing his preseason, right where like he he plays, but he doesn't play like he'll play <laughs> a snap. Usually line up at wide receiver, run a route, and then he'll call it a day. Which honestly, if you're going to play in the preseason, that seems to be the way to go about it. Um, yeah, I just I don't I don't love what his potential is going to be this year. And I I've always said about Duke Johnson, Duke Johnson is a good running back on a team with better running backs. <laughs> He's always been a good receiver on a team with better receivers. Cordero Patterson is has proven to be a decent running back on a team that doesn't really have any. Uh, he's an okay receiver on a team that has better receivers. Uh, so I don't know what his true role is going to be. I, you know, If they love him as a Swiss Army knife, that's great for them. I don't know that it's great for us. Uh, I think he's a depth add at, at running back. But I, I think what we saw last year, as you mentioned, kind of a lightning in a bottle season, and I don't yeah. know that, that he repeats that. Um, it'll be tough. It'll be tough. I mean, his character arc was a guy who's a great kick returner <laughs> who somehow late in life kind of fell into a role – they used them out of necessity. I mean, Mike Davis wasn't wasn't producing, got got banged up. They put Cordell Patterson in, and it took off. Uh, I don't know that they can do that again.
5: Remember, for like weeks, we were like, "What? This isn't gonna last." This isn't gonna and last. And then
4: eventually, we were like, "All right, this is just a thing now. Let's let's just let's just ride <laughs> the wave until uh, until we can't ride it anymore." So, I wrote this question. This next question, uh, and. Like I said, you and I were in a draft last night, and I feel like the way you drafted sort of answered the question for me. Uh, (laughs) The question is, will Marcus Mariota be the starter all season? But then I noticed that last night you drafted Mariota, and then a few rounds later, you sort of hedged your bet by drafting Desmond Ritter. So I I think I know the answer to your question.
5: The answer? Will he be the starter all year? I don't think so. But I think for however long he is the starter, he will be a value in fantasy. Because he can run... Uh, he he hasn't looked awful as a passer this preseason either. All, granted, that 50-yard Kyle Pitts catch should have been an 80-yard touchdown yes. if Mariota was more on the money with it. But then... Desmond Ritter has looked really good as the backup, and I think the Falcons are a team that is going to be in contention to be get the first overall pick this year. So I, I think they're going to want to know what they have in Desmond Ritter or maybe showcase him if you could try to trade him, something like that. But he's played well in preseason, and I think like in a super flex like we were in last night, I had a week. My quarterback, too, is Daniel Jones, so I was like, I need a backup. I'll, I'll hedge with Mariota and Ritter because I think both of them will be better fantasy assets than, than they get credit for because they'll have to throw a lot, they're trailing, and they can both run. I think that that part about them throwing a lot is sort of key
4: because i i would imagine the passing volume is going to be high in part because they will be trailing in part because they don't really have a true workhorse running back right i mean they don't have a you know they don't have a nick chubb to turn around and hand the ball off to (laughs) 20 to 25 times and just let him grind down defenses Uh, Cordero Patterson Tyler Algier neither one of them are that kind of guy so I think that means you're going to see Mariota or Ritter whomever it is throw the football a lot so maybe there is something sneaky about Mariota's uh overall fantasy value but it will be interesting to see whether or not he keeps this gig all year long um sort of along those lines I mean I I drafted uh, Kenny Pickett as my third quarterback
5: in that league. Smart. I Um, I think he could start week one.
4: Right. I mean, like I feel like at some point, Kenny Pickett's going to be the starter. Maybe it is week one, but I was sort of, you know, just kind of uh, doubling down on the idea that that Mitch
5: Trubisky's not going to hold that job all year long either. (laughs) And and with Mariota, it would not be the first time that Arthur Smith has benched him.
4: That is true. You know, we keep coming back to that. (laughs) He was in an Arthur Smith system, and he lost his gig before. Maybe lightning strikes twice. Who knows? Uh, all right. So in Atlanta, who is the first player drafted? Who is the sleeper? And who is the player to avoid?
5: First player drafted is Kyle Pitts, third round, no matter what. We we already know that. The, the sleeper, we already spoke about the quarterbacks, and I don't know if Drake London qualifies as a sleeper, who is someone I know both of us like. Mm-hmm. So you mentioned uh, Tyler Algier. I, I'll go with him. Uh, he went from being the eighth string uh, running back <laughs> in the first week of the preseason but last or monday night he was in with the with the ones and what i liked most is they used him near the goal line like in in 10 inside the 10 yard line he was the running back they were bringing in so i think he's a sleeper player to avoid it's hard on this team because like <laughs> is there really anyone that's going high after London and Pitts and i'm in on both of them so i mean i guess it would be Cordero Patterson
4: yeah, I you know, I've got Kyle Pitts obviously as the first guy off the board. That's an easy call there. I'm going to stick with Drake London as a sleeper mostly cuz I just want to I want to talk him up. Yeah. And, and maybe I should, maybe I should let him let his <laughs> ADP lie where it is so I can keep trying to draft him in different spots. I I just I don't understand why there hasn't been more excitement about him in an offense that's going to throw the ball a lot that doesn't have a ton of pass catchers. I mean, kyle pitts is going to be great he's going to get 120 130 targets they can't all go his direction they got to go somewhere else and i think drake london is going to be the recipient of that so um, maybe he's not a sleeper in the way we think of it but but draft drake london people i'm telling you draft drake london thank me later i'm not just being a usc homer i promise you um player to avoid it's I don't know. It could be anybody, man. Like it's, it's like you said, it's look, you're drafting Pitts. You're drafting London. You're, you know, people are drafting Patterson. Maybe you're taking a dart throw at Mariota beyond that. There's no Falcons there that, that you want. I mean, I don't know. Olamide Zacchaeus, Kader. Brian Edwards. This could be the year. Brian Edwards. Yeah. I, you know what? I let go of the rope with Brian Edwards. I, I really tried with him that rookie season in, in Vegas with the Raiders and it never happened. I, i I wash my hands of Brian Edwards at this point. <sighs> Too bad. All right, we round out our look at the NFC South with the Carolina Panthers, five and twelve in 2021. Their passing leader was Sam Darnold, uh, just over 2,500 passing yards, nine touchdowns, 13 interceptions. He was the QB 28. Uh, your leading rusher, Chuba Hubbard. Of course, Christian McCaffrey was banged up for much of last year, but Hubbard 612 yards on the ground uh, with the RB 36 and DJ Moore, your receiving leader, uh, 93 catches, 1157 yards, four receiving touchdowns, the wide receiver 18. So the quarterback competition is closed in Carolina. Matt rule, making the announcement earlier in the week that uh, Baker Mayfield is going to be the starter. Not a huge surprise. I know we talked about this a little bit earlier in the week. I'm, No one's drafting Baker Mayfield to be their QB1. I don't know if a lot of people are drafting Baker Mayfield to be their QB2, but maybe. For you, what has to happen for you to
5: consider taking Baker Mayfield off the draft board? It probably has to be a super flex league to get him as like your third quarterback or something like that. Or maybe I just completely missed the QB2 run and I'm like, oh my God, everyone has been drafted. (laughs) I need Baker Mayfield. But even more than that Marcus, you just reminded me of what Sam Darnold's numbers were last year and I'm like why was this even a competition? <laughs> like Baker Mayfield with one good shoulder was better than Sam Darnold was last year. Like but Baker Mayfield I think has some upside, but I think he's one of those guys Marcus where much better in real life for the Carolina Panthers than for your fantasy team.
4: He's he's definitely a step up over Sam Darnold. Um, you know, I I went into last year saying, "Look, Darnold has an opportunity." if it doesn't work out for the for him there, then then it's sort of on him. And I think at this point, it, it kind of is on Sam Darnold. Um, we know who Baker Mayfield is. We've yeah. seen him at this point. Uh, but, but he does have a, an opportunity to sort of, I think, solidify the guys around him. I, I don't yeah. know that I feel differently about a DJ Moore or, say, a Robbie Anderson or even a Christian McCaffrey, but I feel a little bit more confident in what their floors are with Baker Mayfield than I would have with Sam Darnold. So I guess if there's any benefit, that's what it is, but I have zero intention of drafting Baker Mayfield really anywhere. Um, I will say though, I don't, I know you've seen the tweet, the wheel of Baker Mayfield, which is like the, you know, play poor. Oh, it's like, it's, it's, you know, uh, Play, play well, followed by like playing poorly, followed by getting criticized, followed by talking trash on an opponent, followed by beating a mediocre to inferior opponent, and the wheel sort of I, goes around.
5: I feel like Baker Mayfield should hire—they live in Carolina—he should hire like Michael Jordan, because Michael Jordan used to just make up narratives to like right. inspire himself, and I feel like Baker needs that to play well. I
4: mean, you know, just 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 memes of Baker Mayfield, like, and then I took that personally. My favorite
5: <laughs> thing about the Jordan doc was there was a whole story, and at the end, Jordan was like, "That never happened." That never happened. I just totally made it up. <laughs> I totally made it up. Which, if I'm the other guy on the end of that, I'm like, "What? You got to be kidding me!" He took Charles Barkley out for dinner one night, and Charles was like, "We're friends," and MJ was like, "No, I just didn't want him to go hard against me the next day." Like, this so, uh. <laughs> so yeah. So maybe, maybe you're right. Maybe Baker can take a page
4: out of MJ's book and use that to to motivate him <laughs> uh, coming up this season. I- Christian McCaffrey has kind of very quietly slid back into being the number one pick in a lot of leagues. It's it's between him and Jonathan Taylor uh, in a lot of leagues for who should be the number one overall pick. Obviously, there is reason to be concerned. He's played 10 games total in the last two seasons. I think if you're drafting McCaffrey number one, it makes sense to go out and get somebody behind him. Now, if you look at the Panthers' depth chart, the players listed as the RB2 – It's Deontay Foreman. It's Chuba Hubbard. Hubbard, as I mentioned, was the rushing leader last year. If you are looking to handcuff McCaffrey, who's the guy you're going after?
5: I would go with Deontay Foreman uh, just because I think that if something happens to McCaffrey, I think we're going to get a split. And Foreman, to me, looks like the one that's going to get the goal line work. And I mean, he... Last year on the Titans, when he was out there, it was like, is that Derrick Henry? Oh, no, no. It's a slightly smaller (laughs) Derrick Henry. Um, But I hope that none of this matters because just watching Christian McCaffrey in training camp, I'm getting hyped because the guy is that good. We just haven't seen him. The one caveat on Christian McCaffrey that I don't think people are bringing up, Marcus, is what if to keep him healthy, they use the Giants' Deontay Foreman near the goal line instead of a Christian McCaffrey? I think that is something to be concerned about,
4: but... I would say the counter to that is Matt Rule's trying to keep his job. That is true. <laughs> and Christian McCaffrey is hands down the best player, certainly the best offensive player, probably the best player they have on that team. Which means, um, for Matt Rule, if he has any ounce of self-preservation in him, they're going to use McCaffrey very heavily the way they have before. So, um, I think if it were anybody else, if it were, if the Panthers were a team that were, you know. They felt like they had a shot at the playoffs, and they just wanted to keep McCaffrey healthy until January. I could see that happening. Uh, Matt Rule wants to make sure he's still employed this time next year. Have,
5: have you noticed that, like, the Panthers have become, like, on fantasy Twitter at least, like a trendy, These they could make the playoffs this year? Oh, no, I've missed this. I don't see it, but I've seen a couple of people, more than a couple, picking them. I mean, I guess when you look at the rest of the division,
4: I, I guess I mean the Bucks still are, are hands down the best team in the NFC South. But the Saints have questions. The Falcons are still building. Uh, I mean, I guess in that respect. But I, I'm not, I'm not buying into yeah, that narrative neither. yet so uh, we'll see uh all right so let's wrap this up the first panther drafted i'm pretty sure i know who that's going to be uh <laughs> a sleeper panther and a
5: panther to avoid first player drafted baker mayfield no it, it's <laughs> clearly christian mccaffrey who like you said is a top two pick uh, with with jonathan taylor sleeper i i think that's like terrace marshall jr maybe because this is a team that Ooh. is devo- after it's like mccaffrey dj moore and then It could be either Marshall or Robbie Anderson. I'll go with the younger Marshall and and just hope because I was very excited about him coming out of college. Player to avoid, man, it's all of them. You want Christian McCaffrey and DJ Moore, and that's about it for me in fantasy. After that, there's not really many Panthers. I'm like, I need this guy on my team.
4: Yeah, I mean, McCaffrey, obviously the, the first pick. I mean, he very well could be the first overall pick in your league depending on how things go. Um, I will lean toward Robbie Anderson, uh, now that he and Sir Purr are like buds. <laughs> uh, maybe that helps him a little bit. And he's changed his name. He's Robbie with an I-E as opposed to Robbie with a Y, so maybe that, that changes things a little bit. I don't know. Um, it's a lot. There's There's just not a lot in Carolina to get excited about. So, I mean, I think that the player to avoid could be... Really anybody, anybody that's not, anybody that's, <laughs> anybody that's not McCaffrey, <laughs> anybody that's not McCaffrey, I'm, I'm glad they got a laugh from the, from the specialist. <laughs> uh, it's not McCaffrey, uh, you know, if it's not DJ Moore, uh, it's, it's sort of easy to avoid Panthers. By the way, the Panthers do have a Michael Jordan on their roster. Do he's, they? A, he's a backup offensive lineman.
5: This guy needs to just make up narratives to hype up Baker Baker Mayfield. Absolutely. I mean, he can just say, you know, hey, Michael Jordan. I was talking to
4: Michael Jordan yesterday, and he told me that, you know, the Browns were talking trash about me.
5: How many yards and touchdowns? Because there's no narrative needed for week one. How many yards and touchdowns in that game alone against the Browns do you think Baker throws for
4: um. Honestly, I think he's going to get hyped up, but I think it's going to be a typical Baker like game where it's like, and... it's like 250, <laughs> like you know, two touchdowns and a pick or something like that. It's going to be kind of mess. I'm hoping he goes for like 404, but I agree with you. <laughs> it's like, you know, at some point, like, you know, just like – then you are who you was when you got here. Like, that's who it is. That's, that's who Baker Mayfield is. So there it is. That is our look at the NFC South. Of course, we will keep this rolling into next week. We will take a look at the NFC North. We'll also have some more of Michael F. Florio's player rankings. We'll dive into a couple positions of that next week as well. In the meantime, that'll do it for this edition of the NFL Fantasy Football Show. Stay happy, safe, and healthy. Do good and live well. Take care of yourselves. Take care of the people around you. Enjoy the weekend. It's preseason week three, everybody. And we'll talk to you next week. Whoa, whoa,
3: whoa,
2: Today. For a sound sleep tonight, visit Lisa.com slash iHeart. That's iHeart.
1: I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual.